0: Hello and welcome to Founders House, the careers podcast for students. My guest today has worked at ABC, 20th Century Fox, and is now the social media coordinator at CBS. Please welcome my guest today, Andre Jones. Andre, what sort of advice do you have for students trying to break into the entertainment industry?
1: Number one I would say is um, follow-up game. I call it your follow-up game has got to be strong. Um, I met someone who was CBS casting at a, at a networking event. He was being bombarded by a bunch of actors. I'm like, oh, like, help me get casted. And he, like, and he was there to talk about his role as a casting director. He wasn't trying to cast anyone there, right? And I followed up with him once. Hello? Hey, you know, would love to work at CBS one day casting on the part and uh, didn't hear back for three months. Hit him up, I followed up again. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Didn't hear back, and I shot one more off. But I followed up really strongly. He still never responded to me, and this is the craziest part. I got it. I got an email from CBS Casting saying, we want to set up an interview with you. I interviewed, I crushed it, I got it. And then I found out, and I was like, Dory, like, why didn't you ever respond to my emails? He's like, I didn't didn't forward them along, like, you did great, like, I didn't need to respond. And I'm like, wow.
0: What Andre is really saying here is be patient. The industry he's in, entertainment, is super competitive, and there are only a few gatekeepers that can make or break your career. But you have to put yourself out there at the end of the day and let people know that you're available and ready to work really, really hard. And if you do that, reach out to them, follow up and be patient. You'll be well
1: on your way to success you should be DMing people on LinkedIn. I mean, I had someone slide into my Instagram DMs. That was impressive, It was extremely impressive. The fact that she found me on Instagram, she knew what I did at, at CBS and DM me. I was like, wow, like what a triple threat. Uh, and then we looked for something for her and hopefully we can find something for her eventually. But um, so my biggest advice is, you know, is know what you want, know what you're going into. Um, and don't be afraid to try anything and everything. I think if you look at my resume and my career past these past six, seven years, I've tried everything. I've done casting, I've done management, I've done production, I've done development, I've done PR, I've done you know, social, done gaming. And I knew what I didn't like and I knew what I liked. And, and until you try things, you're never gonna know if you like them or not. So you have, everyone wants to be in development. Everyone wants to be the next big director. Everyone wants to be an agent. That's great. And I love those people, but try something new. Um, My friend at the agency took the first desk that was open for him and it was gaming. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why do you want to be in gaming? Like you came here to be a movie guy. Like he knew he's really good at movie stuff. He knows all the directors, all the writers. He's like, Andre, because gaming is going to be the next biggest thing. And I was like, all right, sure. Got promoted in a year and a half, two years. Everyone was jealous. And, um, you know, I was like, wow. Like, he did it. and he, Now he's like a coordinator in the gaming space. And gaming is really big right now. And that was about three or four years ago. So, you know, like, he tried it. He, and how do you know you're not going to like it? Follow up, try everything. And then last but not least, um, you know, don't quit. Like, don't quit. I I... I can't tell you how many people I know don't get that internship, that big internship until senior year maybe, or even post-grad. They get it when they're in master's. Um, You have assistants out here who have been assistants for four to five years. Like that's just the game we're playing. So uh, don't quit. You'll never know when it can happen.
0: So thinking now about smaller artists or people who are just starting out their journey, at what point in their career should artists be reaching out to brands? Or will brands just automatically be reaching out to them?
1: I think they should start approaching brands right away. There should be no reason if you have an audience of one, you should approach a brand. You should approach a brand if you have an audience of one because it's all about how you sell that audience member. I love I love um, these popcorn or kettle torn chips. Love them. I, they're on my Amazon subscription. They come once a month, box of 12. And I will tell everyone I know how good these chips are. Um, the brand hasn't sponsored me yet, but if, you know, if they're out there, I think that's when your audience already is like, oh, well, like I'm a huge fan of him. And I, maybe I should try that too. And it, and it, it happens really naturally. And that's what I really love about organic and authentic um, integration, brand integration, and in, we call it integrated marketing. Um, so as early as, as you want emerging music artists, I've known artists as small as, you know, a couple, like maybe 10 to 15,000 um, monthly listeners on Spotify. It's one of my ways I record how big an artist is. Uh, probably not the best way, but, um, and we can talk about too, is how you can do that. Um, but um, 15, and they had a they had a brand at their uh, at their show, giving free food. They were like a food truck. Like a lot of people think, oh, a brand needs to be McDonald's, a Fortune, it doesn't have to be a Fortune 500 brand. A brand can be a mom and pop, small business, who's really just trying to make their name and like make their mark. So um, brands can be as big or small as well.
0: Everything that's cool in the last year has come off of TikTok. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that app, because it seems like it's a game changer. Everything that my sister listens to now, the music that she listens to, it all comes from these TikTok videos. So what are your thoughts on TikTok? Is it going to be... Here in a year or two years, or is it going to be gone in the next six months? What are your thoughts? Is it a game changer?
1: TikTok has changed the game. I am TikTok's number one advocate, number one fan. I think everyone who's still doubting it and still, I mean, it, like Olivia Rodrigo is number one on the Billboard charts. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. You cannot tell me that is not because of TikTok. I, don't, yeah. I love her. She's a great actress. She's a very talented individual. She's beautiful, you know, beautiful. But you have to understand, like a TikTok, a social media app pushed her to the top tiktok has changed the game has changed the game enough where uh i think everyone needs to stop and focus on it no i don't think that is, can ever happen because traditional media uh, not social media traditional media is just so set in their ways that um you know that's what quibi i i i I understand Katzenberg. I understand Meg's, you know, Meg Whitman's goal and all that for the for the short form content platform. So I don't think it's gonna like change the media landscape forever, but it's gonna. It, there's a new blip in the system, and it is this app that attaches our attention for two hours plus a day and hopefully uh, you probably i don't know if you're familiar with clubhouse i think that's going to change the game too that's a new app that just came out yeah i think traditional media i'm a big bet i'm I'm, I'm betting big not on amc because the wall street bets but i'm betting big on uh, the movie theater industry
0: oh i thought you were gonna say gamestop there no
1: no i don't i'm not was it to the moon it's not going to the moon guys like i think i think it's i think it's gonna go a little bit bigger but they ain't going that much
0: are there any sort of standout moments in your career that like really just pop out to you as being something that you are really, really proud of to be a part of? I mean, can you tell me what the highlights are? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I have a ton. Uh, I won't talk you off, but um, one of my, I mean, Post Malone. You can't, I got to work on Post Malone's team. That was,
0: Yeah, I mean, when you said that, that was crazy.
1: And <laughs> of am like, you had it in the description of one of your last podcasts. Like, oh, UTA represents. And I'm like, yeah, they represent. But who's who, is, who are the people representing? So, um we helped launch Post Malone's Posting Fest. Um, it was the second year and uh, we were trying to do year three, Corona. That was incredible. I mean, building a music festival from the ground up is intense. I mean, you saw Firefest Fest documentary, right? You know, all the things that can go wrong with the music festival, you know, then you have all the things that can go right. And then you have all the things right down the middle. Like, What do we need to not go wrong and just go right so we can get this off the ground? Um, we were selling sponsorships and partnerships to brands so we can lower the cost of the festival like that's the goal and um you know just and just because it's host malone it's not you know he's not that easy to sell right like you know he is a huge artist but he's not for everyone and, and his music isn't for everyone um, and also the festival was based in dallas it was going to be at the cowboy stadium which is like huge it's not a huge cowboys fan so that was crazy for me too but um that was one of my probably most favorite you know of all time like being a part of that and seeing that come to fruition and you know experiencing it all, um, because that's a music festival, and it's not just anyone's music festival, <laughs> it's Post Malone's music festival. Uh, we sold out, which is kind of crazy, and he, I think he was the first person to, like, play solo in, like, you know, that arena or something like that, it was some really cool stats. That, by the way, we did that three years ago, <laughs> like, uh, so, you know, when, when people say things take a long time to come out, they definitely do take a long time to come out, so you are mentioning earlier, at an agency, when you're at an agency, you're reading scripts for stuff that won't won't come out until probably three, four, five years. Maybe I was interning for Emma Watts, who was the head of Fox at the time, 20th Century Studios. Fox, um, no longer a thing, unfortunately. But um, you know, I think now they're just their 20th Century or something. But uh, Emma Watts was the head of the president of the studio, and I was in her intern. And I was like, the big wigs were coming in all the time, like the big actors, the big namey people. And uh, Hugh Jackman was trying to get that off the ground um he was working on that for seven years i think is what he's been saying in, in the in the news and stuff he got it off the ground we were a part of the launch we were, we were like it was like a year before we were testing it in theaters and that's when i was a part of it like seeing the tests and stuff like that read the script and i was like and then i think all the dear evan hansen guys were working on music and i mean that movie is freaking phenomenal i
0: love that movie andre you've worked at some of the coolest and biggest companies in the entertainment industry like uta and cbs these are companies that tons of people really 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 want to work at so if I could just ask you like could you give us a quick snapshot of your career so far and how you managed to end up at TBS
1: yeah um, I think the original so I was an agent trainee so I wasn't a fully an agent I was never promoted to an agent at, at UTA but um the full picture I think really begins when I went to UCLA I had never no one in my family was um, in the business no one in my family understood the business I myself didn't understand it growing up but Orange County, California, you don't have a lot of TV shows being filmed. Though there's no film studios. There's probably some marketing agencies, and that's about it. But um, I went to UCLA thinking I was gonna go into politics. I really want to run Michelle Obama's twenty twenty four campaign. You know, like how are you gonna respond when you don't get that job you had your heart set on? I was like, oh, I grew up with the era of Barack, two thousand eight you know, hope, change, like that was really impactful seeing that on, you know, online. And so I was like, I'm going to go into politics. I'm going to run a campaign. Like I love winning. And I went to UCLA and then you go to UCLA and there's these movie premieres down the street and you see these movie premieres and you're like, okay, that's Channing Tatum. Like that's Jonah Hill. Like, oh, this is 22 Jump Street. And like I went to that premiere, I got tickets through like a school system event and I'm like eating popcorn, like down like a, a couple rows from Jonah Hill. So I was just like, this is wild. This is a world that I've never, Jimmy Tatro was there. I was like, I was immersed into Hollywood, but I was still just a sophomore in college, right?
0: How did you get your first job in the industry? Friend's
1: aunt worked um, for Shonda Rhimes as a nurse consultant, like the most random job. She basically shows Patrick Dempsey and Ellen Pompey um, who on the shows uh, *Grey's Anatomy* how to hold their hands so they could look professional, like they're actually medical in *Grey's Anatomy*.
0: Wow, that's crazy.
1: And she, she told me about the business. I looked for internships; it was a little bit tough to find. It wasn't until my junior year where I scored a really good one at Paramount Pictures because I just I applied six times, I got rejected four times, and I finally just took whatever I can get. And it was in the gaming department. I didn't know anything about gaming. I didn't like gaming, and I played Candy Crush for half the time. Like they were like, "All right." Play Candy Crush, see how fast you can beat it. Um, and we worked on some movies like Mission Impossible. Oh, I love that movie. So not the cream of the crop, A24, like Oscar winning movies, but it was fun. And, you know, once you get one on your resume, truthfully, it, it builds. It builds from there. Like you get that, you get that authenticity. You get that organic, like, oh, this person knows what they're doing because they've been somewhere that we've worked with. I knew I wanted to go back to the agency um, because I love the deal making side of it. You know, I said I like to win Breyer. And, um, like UTA was all about winning, like your goal is to win for your clients, beat the contracts out. And um, yeah, so I did that. My first desk was a talent agent named Nigel Mayojas, you know, one of my mentors today. Loved it, loved talent. And um, from then on, I just started bouncing around and learning as much as I can. I think that's the most important thing about an agency is you just take it all in and soak it all up because maybe it's not what you want to do for the rest of your career, but um, you'll learn something that you will want to do.
0: A huge, huge thank you to Andre Jones for joining me here on the Founders House Podcast. Join me next Tuesday evening for part two of our chat with Andre, where we dive deeper into his career and how artists can really utilize TikTok to grow their fan base. Founders House fam, keep it real and I'll see you next week. I mean, you're crushing it. You have
1: such a cool intro and I think there's there's always a need for you know, beginner stuff. Like, right, there's always a need for intro stuff. Everyone has the, uh, all right, once you get in, this is how you succeed. But it's like, okay, how the freak do I get in?